What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Pro GK Podcast. My name is Omar Zini, and I'm going to be your host as always. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to give a big thanks to every single one of you guys that's been listening to the podcast, reviewing it, and also sending me feedback. Uh, getting that feedback and especially hearing which topics you guys want me to cover every week is an invaluable resource because at the end of the day, this podcast is for you guys. I really want to try and help you. So any questions or concerns that you guys may have that you want me to answer, just understand that those questions and concerns are also ones that other goalkeepers may have. So just keep on sending those over and I will continue to answer them on the podcast. Uh, With that being said, let's get into today's episode. Today, I wanted to answer a question that I get asked a few times a week, and that is, I'm an undersized goalkeeper, how can I improve my game, and do you think that I can still play at the next level? And because it's such a popular topic, I felt this would give me a great chance to really dive into it and share with you guys some of the best tips and lessons I've learned over the years. And so, in this episode, I wanted to lay out two major points along with a few key sub-points. And as always, guys, the main objective will be to give you guys material that you can actually use and implement into your daily routines. Uh, These tips and techniques will help you make sense of what it means to be an undersized goalkeeper and how you can persevere past any of the generic, preconceived notions and ideas that are attached to us. So the first major point would be to avoid what you can't control. You know, too often we spend our time and energy complaining about the things that are completely out of our hands. So I'll be discussing the most common complaints that I hear and how making peace with these complaints will help you move past them and overcome them. Next, I'll be discussing what you can actually control. These are the things that, if you truly want to make an impression, would be the things that I would recommend you guys follow and really adhere to and add to your routines. But remember, before you can take any of these tips, any of these techniques, you first have to take a look in the mirror. Because this episode is all about self-awareness. It's about making peace with the things that you can't control so that you can put all your focus and energy into the things that you actually can. And I know some of us didn't win the genetic lottery, but we have plenty of redeeming qualities that we have yet to access because of a lack of prioritization. Let's start prioritizing getting better over getting bitter. And let's start looking past our own limitations and really start showing people what we have to offer. So with all that being said, let's get into the episode. Alright guys, so in this first segment, I wanted to start by discussing what you just can't control as an undersized goalkeeper. But before we get into it, I wanted to preface this by discussing a human emotion that we've all had an experience since we were kids. And I feel like by exploring this emotion, it will really set the tone for the topics to come and the segment entirely. In short, this emotion is our inherent need and desire to want to be liked. It's something that's deeply rooted in all of us. That's why we'll sometimes do things that are completely out of character just to fit in with groups that we have no good reason to even want to be a part of. And the worst part of it all is that if these people don't like us, we've convinced ourselves that it's our fault, that there's something wrong with us, when really it just wasn't a good fit to begin with. Now, instead of us trying to start fresh with a new group, we've persuaded and convinced ourselves that because that one person or that one group feels some type of way about us, then everyone must feel that way too. And really, that just is not the case. But unfortunately, once that thought begins to creep into our heads, it can become a vicious cycle that has defeated even the most mentally resilient. And now, with all that being said, I want to draw a parallel from this emotion and this idea to what it's like to be an undersized goalkeeper. As an undersized goalkeeper, all you want is for a coach to take a chance on you. That's literally all you're asking for. You want a fair chance to prove that you're just as good as that quote-unquote taller goalkeeper. Unfortunately, getting that fair chance is never a given. 
Especially as a shorter goalkeeper, it's obvious that the chances sometimes are not as straightforward as it would be for a taller goalkeeper with a bigger frame. But that shouldn't demoralize, discourage, or even defeat you. Just because one coach can't look past your size doesn't mean that someone else can. And like I said earlier, just because that group of people or that one person doesn't like you for who you are, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try with other groups or other people. This should force you to actually say, you know what, let me regroup and let me figure out a way to reach out to somebody else who may be interested in my services. So don't let that need to be liked or appreciated by every coach. Cloud your outlook on your own future and on your own playing career. And again, this episode is all about self-awareness. If you feel like you're not getting the options at a division one level or at a professional level at the highest division, maybe dumb down your expectations a little bit more and say, okay, the most important thing now is that I'm keeping my form and at the same time too, getting an actual chance to get minutes in play. So if you have to go down a league or two, you need to be self-aware enough to understand that concept and then move from there because you want to get on the field and you want to make an impression. And again, you want to have game film to show to other coaches and say, hey, look, my size may be an issue when you look at me, but if you watch the film, you'll see that I can actually get the job done. And you guys, at the end of the day, you know, wouldn't you rather all those hours spent on the field at least have some potential to materialize into something, something concrete and something of substance? Or would you guys rather continue to be unhappy and continue to live in that gray area? That choice is completely up to you. So with that being said, let's now dive into what you can't control so that we can make peace with it and then move on to what we can actually control and start getting better. All right, guys. So first off, let's talk about the most obvious one. You can't control your height. No matter what you do, and I've tried all of these, stretching exercises, taking more vitamins, or eating certain foods, none of those will help you go past the height that God has given you. And for some, this may be a bitter pill to swallow. And I know for me, it was, because growing up, I was much taller than everybody. And I'm sure you guys have heard on this podcast and previous podcasts that I've been on, I was 5'10 at like 12 years old, and all my teammates were 5'4", 5'5". So if you saw any of the team pictures or huddles, it looks like I was one of the parents. So it was just one of those things that I thought I was going to be 6'3", 6'4". So again, I was very lazy, and I thought that that height would really pay off in the future. But as I got older and all my friends started to grow and grow and I pretty much stayed the same, I grew another inch and a half, I started realizing, okay, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to grow very much more. And my coaches and my teammates are kind of, you know, letting me know, hey, this is probably where you're going to be at. You need to start taking a little bit more seriously with the body that you have. I needed to really understand that and move past that and really start working with the properties and things that I was given. And as soon as you guys can understand that for yourselves, the quicker you guys are going to gain that clarity. And once you have that clarity, then you're going to be able to have a singular focus and get to the things that you can actually control and drop the stuff that's going to weigh you down. Next, you guys cannot control your coach's preference. And as much as we wish we could, it's just not the reality. And I can't even begin to think about how many goalkeepers that I knew that were either passed up on or overlooked because of a coach's preference to go with someone with a bigger frame. And that's why I would highly advise that at any level you guys play at, you have a conversation with the coaching staff. It might be a brutal one, but you want to get the truth. And preferably you have this conversation before you guys commit to playing for them. Just straight up ask them, hey coach, what kind of a goalkeeper are you guys looking for? If I come here, will I actually have a chance to compete for the number one job so that I have a better idea of how to make my choices moving forward? 
And from my own experiences, you know, some coaches will be closed off and say that it'll be difficult for someone of your build to get minutes there. And again, that's not a bad thing. Sure, it might hurt in the moment, but that's a good thing. They let you know. So now, hey, cross them off the list. Good to know. And there's going to be others who are a little bit more open, a little bit more transparent to the idea. And they'll say stuff like, hey, we have no preferences here. We just want someone that'll get the job done. If it so happens to be somebody who's a little bit shorter, then so be it. As long as that person can be consistent and get the job done for us. And that's what you want, guys. You want to understand which coaches are going to be looking at you, not for your height, but actually for your ability. That'll help you weigh your options moving forward. And again, while that concept may seem very simple, a lot of us find it difficult to do that. So instead, we end up locking ourselves in that no man's land or gray area for a year or two. And eventually we end up asking ourselves that same question, will I ever get a chance here? That is what I want you guys to avoid. So while you can't control your coach's preference, what you can do is try to control who you play for and what kind of a situation you put yourself in. Finding the right coach and the right situation for you will take time and effort. Let's not misunderstand or confuse that. But at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather have all those hours on the field of you working your butt off, at least have some potential to materialize into something? Or would you rather continue to be unhappy and live in that gray area and ask yourself why, why, why? Now that choice is up to you. And for me guys, that's the perfect segue into breaking down what you can actually control. These following tips and techniques will give you guys a good sense of what to do to take your game to the next level. And again, drop the being bitter and start getting better. Alright guys, so now that we've covered what to do with the things that you can't control, let's finally get to the things that you can. I wanted to preface again this segment with something that's common knowledge, but still very important. As we all know, the primary concern that coaches have with undersized goalkeepers is their presence on crosses and balls into the box. You know, whether they're an old school coach or have a more modern approach, this is still the general concern. And like I've always said, when it comes to a player-coach relationship, you can't put a price on peace of mind. Whoever has that from the coach or the coaching staff will usually get the nod as a number one. And even though some coaches' peace of mind is skewed towards a taller goalkeeper, we can still be proactive and control what we can control. Please remember that. Controlling what you can control is a byproduct of being proactive. To set the stage for this segment, I wanted to tell you guys about an experience from my own playing career, and again, why I feel so close to this topic. Not only because I find myself or I see myself as kind of an undersized goalkeeper as well, but at the same time too, I was one of those people who had the same mentality as some of those coaches. Very close-minded and really judge the book by its cover. So hopefully by you guys hearing about my experience, this will give you guys an understanding of what's to come and kind of set the tone for what you guys are going to hear soon. So when I was 14 years old, I guest played with a team called West Coast Football Club. Uh, They needed a goalkeeper at the very last minute and gave me a call a week before the tournament. And because it was so last minute, I didn't have to go to any of the trainings or anything like that. All I'd have to do is show up on game day ready to play. So I get there, we get to our first game, and then we face our first corner kick. And again, I didn't know my personnel that well, so I told one of the shorter guys in the team, Connor Wilkinson, to cover my back post. And that's usually what I did. I put the taller guys on my six and the shorter guys at the post. And again, this was a preconceived idea based on his stature. I wanted the bigger bodies in that area for me so that I'd have that peace of mind. And I remember this part so vividly. 
He looked back at me and just laughed. And I think a few of the other guys laughed as well. He was like, Omar, you obviously don't know what I can do. You don't want me on the post. You want me here. And I quickly processed what he said and also looked at him and laughed. I said, "Um, okay, hey man, whatever you say and you do you. So the ball gets served in and falls right into Connor's zone. And I kid you not guys, but this dude literally jumped head and shoulders above everyone and headed the ball out of bounds and cleared the danger. Like you guys, I'm not kidding. He jumped about 40 to 45 inches off the ground. Like his vert was close to Tim Howard's. That's how crazy it was. And I was shocked. Uh, The ref blew the whistle for halftime. And the only thing that was on my mind was to ask him, dude, how the hell did you just do that? And again, he looked at me and just said, don't think just because I'm short that I can't still jump and be effective in the air. And for the rest of the tournament, I had full trust in him. He gave me that peace of mind that I was telling you guys about that coaches want from their players. And if anyone taller ever stepped into his area, I would yell at them to move and say, hey, that's Connor's job. I need you on one of my posts. Ever since that weekend, my thought process on undersized players completely shifted and changed. I was much more open-minded and held on to the idea that the best man wins the job. And what I love most about this story was that Connor didn't allow what he couldn't control to define him. Sure, he may not have been very tall, but his timing on the cross, his aerial ability, and his willingness to attack the ball all made up for that lack of height. He turned what others predetermined him to be a liability at into a strength, and that's what I want you guys to do. But first, you have to be proactive about this stuff. If you're between the ages of 12 and 16, in my opinion, this is the perfect time for you to get ahead and be proactive about your size. If you're 17 and older, you can still introduce these habits that we're going to be discussing into your weekly routines, but it may be difficult to have them embedded right away, but still worth it nonetheless. Now, let's finally get into the things that you can control. And when I discuss these, I'm going to be categorizing them into two different categories. The first are the tangibles, and the second are the intangibles. Because while there's things that you can improve on the field, there's also a few more that don't require any physical work. Combining these two will really take your game to the next level and again, start providing those redeeming qualities to give you peace of mind at the same time too, giving your coach peace of mind in you. First, let's take a look at which tangible skill sets you must have as an undersized goalkeeper. And for those that don't know what the word tangible means in the context of goalkeeping here, it's essentially something that can be visibly measured. For example, your vertical jump is a tangible quality, and even your shot-stopping ability is one as well. Both of these can be seen, and if done at a high level, can leave a great impression on your coach. But the first, and in my opinion the most important of the bunch, is your focus on strength and conditioning. And the reason I feel it's the most important is because applying yourself in the gym will allow you to maximize the potential of the two other tangible skill sets. Now, when it comes to strength and conditioning for us, there are two points that I would highly emphasize you add into your daily routines. The first are plyometric exercises, and the second is lower body and core strengthening. There are definitely more to look into, but for now, I feel like those encompass what we're looking at here and the key ones that I will highlight throughout this strengthening category. Let's first discuss what plyometric exercises are. And to explain them in detail, let's look at their exact definition. Plyometrics are exercises in which muscles exert maximum force in short intervals of time, with the goal of increasing power, strength, and speed. This training focuses on learning to move from a muscle extension to a contraction in a rapid or explosive manner, such as in specialized repeated jumping. Now, if any of what you guys just heard sounds familiar to you, it should. Goalkeeping is all about those quick movements that require speed, power, and strength. 
My favorite exercises when I was playing were the jump rope, box jumps, and single-legged lateral hops. Each of these exercises helped me activate those quick triggers that allowed me to, in a split second, plant my power step into the ground and extend myself across the goal to make a diving save. That is why these exercises are so fundamental for us. So when choosing which exercises to include, remember to go with the ones that assist in simulating actual in-game movements so that you can access that mental recall when performing them in those split-second movements in games. This is what we call functional training. This is one way to make up for that lack of height. Just look at goalkeepers like Onejo Perez of Cruz Azul and Nick Romando of Real Salt Lake. They were both smaller guys that had incredible agility and speed that helped them cover just as much of the goal as any of their taller counterparts would be able to. Next, let's look at your lower body strengthening. And by singling out the lower body, I am in no way saying that the upper body is irrelevant here. I'd still highly recommend incorporating some level of weighted or body weighted workouts into your routine to help you feel more comfortable taking contact in the air. But if I had to choose which was more essential for a goalkeeper, I'd go with the lower body. And with that being said, when we work on that lower portion of the body, you want to target the calves, hamstrings, quads, and glutes. Those are the core four right there. I would personally advise starting with bodyweight exercises before getting into the gym, mainly because you want to get your body accustomed to the movements, as well as allowing yourself to get used to those full ranges of motion to get the most out of those workouts. Once you have that covered, you want to get into the gym and begin working on those core four. And in my opinion, I'd recommend starting with body-weighted squats coupled with single-legged exercises. Once you have those two down and your foundation has been built, then you can begin to add weight. Lastly, if you look at just about every movement that we as goalkeepers perform, whether it's cross-taking or shot-stopping, most of them come off of one foot and planting and going with one leg. So when you're working on your lower body, try to incorporate things like Bulgarian split squats, single-legged box jumps, and single-legged RDLs. Those will help to increase your lower body strength and allow you to perform those plyometric exercises at a quicker rate as well. And if you guys have the means to, I'd suggest reaching out to a sports performance trainer and have them drop a program for you that'll really help boost your potential and get the most out of you guys. That's the most beneficial. If you don't have the means, go on YouTube. There's plenty of coaches on there that'll give you guys a virtual program to really follow. And again, try and reach your max potential and your max strength in the lower body. Because again, a solid physical foundation is key at any age and at all levels. Now, let's get to the final two tangible skill sets. And the reason I chose to mention strength and conditioning prior to mentioning these is because you'll need a strong lower body foundation to truly excel in them. They're one, shot stopping, and two, cross taking. Let's first take a look at shot stopping. One of the major concerns for coaches in regards to a goalkeeper's height is the worry that they don't have the same reach that a taller goalkeeper would have. And while that may be true, we can still do a lot to combat that. Like you guys will hear in the next segment, having great positional awareness and positional sense is incredibly valuable when preparing for a shot. That awareness of your starting positions is vital in disproving that predetermined idea that we can't cover the same amount of ground. And along with that awareness comes the actual diving, which includes the planting and then extending. That is why those plyometric exercises coupled with the single-legged strengthening is so key here. You want to be able to read the game, get into a good spot, have your angles checked and covered, and then from there be able to plant and go. But again, you have to have the positional sense first, positional awareness, and then from there, then you can use the athleticism, the ability from the agility and the strengthening in your legs to push and go. Next is cross-taking. Again, positional awareness and sense can go a long way here. 
So just like I talked about with your shot stopping, getting into good angles, cheating off your line just a little bit on certain crosses, especially outswingers, can expand your range and give you a better chance to cover more ground. So when that ball comes in, once we have a general idea of where it's going to fall, then that's where the lower body strengthening comes in. That's where those single-legged jumps really take into effect and come into play. So as that ball is served in, you call keeper, you come out, you power off that leg, and you catch the ball at the highest point. And like I've told any of the shorter goalkeepers that I've ever trained, when a coach looks at you, obviously the first thing they're going to think about is crosses. Is this person going to be a liability in the air? And the answer you need to give them is absolutely not. I have my range, I have the strength of my legs, and I know exactly where to catch that ball. And not just having the proper timing or the proper you know, strength to get up there, you also have to have the bravery to come out and be willing to get hit. And at the same time, be willing to hit people. Because again, that's the peace of mind that a coach wants to see and feel with you. So you can't be a shorter goalkeeper and go out there and catch the ball at a lower point. You can't be a shorter goalkeeper and go out there and be afraid of contact. Actually, on the contrary, you have to be willing to get hit and get your feet as high as you possibly can to get that ball at the highest point to really calm the nerves and feelings of the coaches. All right, guys, so now that we've covered the tangible skill sets, let's get to the intangibles. These are the three that I feel are the most noteworthy when we're talking about undersized goalkeepers. Your communication, your positional awareness and sense, and your work ethic. And if you're able to apply and then become really good at each of these, they will serve as those redeeming qualities for a coach and what they're looking for. You're going to hear things like, hey, Omar might not be very tall, but he makes up for it in these other areas and these other categories. So in my opinion, these are all invaluable to you and I would highly recommend that you start implementing and working on them as soon as you possibly can. With that being said, let's first take a look at your communication. While your presence may not be seen because of your size, it must be felt through your communication and organization. This is an absolute necessity if you intend to be a leader on the field. Commanding your team and making sure that everyone is sticking to their assignment is one of the quickest ways to make an impression on the coaching staff. If I'm watching you at a trial, guys, and I hear you barking at your team, but with no sense of direction or really much substance, I'm not going to see that and go, okay, great, that's awesome, they communicate. It needs to be very short, concise, and to the point. That way, I know for a fact that you're a general back there and you're somebody that we can rely on. If we feel that you're able to communicate effectively and that communication puts us in more favorable positions, we're going to start warming up to you because you're giving us peace of mind. And again, guys, that should be the end game here. Peace of mind for coaches. Next, let's discuss your positional awareness and sense. When it comes to this trait, it requires a ton of trial and error combined with watching game film. You know, watching game film helps to develop your IQ and understanding of different trends in the game, while trial and error in both training and in games will help assess your range when it comes to your starting points and how far you can actually come out. And I'm sure we've all heard the saying, the best goalkeepers don't have to do anything because they're always in the right position. And while there's a ton of truth to that, that does not happen overnight. And on top of that, it's crucial that you're able to manipulate the game so that it works in your favor. And like I've mentioned in previous episodes, when I was younger, the main reason why I was able to continue to play at a high level was because I would assess my shortcomings and understand what I wasn't good at. But then I would start manipulating my positioning, my starting points, how I positioned myself on, you know, shot stopping and on crosses, figuring out ways to manipulate my positioning and my game so that I would really counter those shortcomings and actually make them my strengths. And that's what I would highly recommend for you guys. Make sure that whether it's advancing slightly off your line to be a sweeper keeper, cheating a few steps on crosses to be an aerial threat, or just getting into better angles to be a better shot stopper, these are all essential to have and you really need to work on them. 
It will take time to nurture this skill set, but if you can master it, I promise that it'll be the gift that keeps on giving and one of those things that the coaches will look at and go, okay, well, doesn't really check off the height category, but their positional sense and awareness is unbelievable and unmatched. So let's give this guy a chance. And lastly, let's talk about our work ethic here. You know, whether you're tall or short, work ethic will always be the trait that is the foundation of any great athlete. That is why guys like Tom Brady and Cristiano Ronaldo have been able to have continued success for so many years because they work tirelessly to take care of their bodies, watch that film, and improve their skill sets. But nothing that we've discussed in this episode will be of any use to you if you don't want to put in the work. And is it fair that we as undersized goalkeepers have to put in double the work sometimes just to see the same results as someone who's 6'4"? No. But no one in this game is going to feel sorry for you. There's no charities or handouts at the next level. Coaches are trying to win games to keep their own jobs. And if you can help them do that, then you'll be considered and you'll be somebody who's an option for them. Again, when it comes to this position, guys, it's all about peace of mind. And if you have those redeeming qualities, you'll be able to get into the coach's psyche and minimize that gap between you and the taller goalkeeper. And those redeeming qualities are not going to just fix themselves or fine-tune themselves. You need to have that discipline and that grit to wake up every single day and go, hey, it might be a lonely journey. There aren't many people who are going to be working with me in this day because I'm going to the gym by myself. But you need to put your head down and work because you want to make sure you check off every single category so that you can sleep at night knowing that it's not because of my height that I'm not playing. It's not because I didn't take care of the core four or all the intangible and tangible qualities. I've been able to nourish them and really push those and exhaust those to my best ability because that's what you guys want. As much as you want to give your coach peace of mind, you also need to have your own peace of mind going into every single day and every single session. All right, guys. So to finish off this episode, I just wanted to speak a little bit more from the heart and from my own experiences with this topic. And hopefully by doing that, that'll bring everything full circle and kind of conclude the episode for you guys and give you guys a good picture of what you need to go and work on after hearing this. And unfortunately, guys, the harsh reality of all of this is that even if we've done everything in our control and our intangibles and tangibles are on point, we still may not get the nod as a starter. And that goes for everyone that plays this position, not just us undersized guys. And we have to be okay with that. We have to make peace with that. But even with that being said, wouldn't you rather have peace of mind knowing that you did everything possible in your control, that you went out on your terms and not somebody else's, and that you're not constantly living in that gray area your entire career? And in my case, I never fully allowed myself to reach my fullest potential. It was almost as if I was afraid that, what if the best version of myself just wasn't good enough? wasn't good enough for me, wasn't good enough for my coaches. And I personally never wanted to know the answer of that question. So instead of putting in the work to see if that was true, I began to self-sabotage myself and blame other factors for my shortcomings. I played that victim card my entire career. I was constantly settling for the bare minimum and would take my foot off the gas whenever I'd build any momentum or if anything good was happening for me. And here I am, I'm 26 years old, I do love what I do, but I live with major regrets about my playing career and what I could have done. And that's why I make the videos, the breakdowns, the podcast, and spend so much time posting, because I don't want you guys to end up like me. I want you guys to have as many tools and things in your hand that you can actually use and access and then try to implement them to get better and realize your fullest potential. So I implore you guys, do whatever you can to squeeze out every bit of that talent that's in you while you're still playing. 
Don't blame your height or your coach for why you're not putting in the work to get better each and every day. I've already played that card for you guys, and trust me, it doesn't work and it's not worth it at all. And I'll leave you guys with this. It's a quote that a father of my teammate once told me. He said, Omar, everything you'll ever need in life is already inside of you. You've just got to go find it. And that's my final message to you guys. The only way you're going to discover what you're truly capable of is by focusing on what you can control. Don't play into the he's too short, she's too short narrative. Instead, begin working on those tangible and intangible qualities. Start to control what you can control. Turn those perceived weaknesses into your strengths. Because at the end of the day, all it takes is one goalkeeper to shift a coach's perception about height. Why shouldn't that be you and why can't that be you? All right, guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the ProGK Podcast. Um, As usual, if you guys can leave a review, uh, a rating, I'd really appreciate it because it helps me move up the rankings. And again, hopefully you guys walked out of this episode with something of substance and something concrete that you can actually implement and put into your own game. Because I don't want you guys just listen to this episode to listen to it and you know pass time. I actually want you guys to take something away from it and see how you can actually use this information to better yourself as a person on and off the field. And again, if you guys want to send in some questions on topics you want me to cover, go ahead and email me at progkacademy at gmail.com or you guys can just Instagram DM me and let me know which ones you guys want me to cover. Uh, again, guys, my name is Omar Zini. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. Take care. That's on my chest, no love holes. I'll take the bet, love for the check. 40 on deck, mustard and ketchup, cause we got the rest. Eating so good, look at this food, saying the truth, ain't being rude. You stink like cheese, but my cheese is blue. Share with the crew, the guap, the lens, the cloud, the trends. Pop the top of off the bench, shorty got the 90 grand.